Amen. God bless you. So glad you're here. Welcome to Church on the Hill. Trying something a little bit different, so bear with me. All right. Um, we have been in Hebrews for the past two weeks, and I just want to encourage you, if you've got your Bibles, get them out. If you've got your iPhones, whatever you use, it doesn't matter, get it out. Um, be on the same page with me. I'm going to be in the message, Hebrews chapter 5. <clears throat> Kind of feel like the theme up until now has been hold on, keep a grip, don't drift away. We learned last week about Jesus being our high priest. Um, today is going to continue in that same vein, Hebrews chapter 5. I want to encourage you. Let's be on the same page. Let's be in the Word together. Uh, to prepare you for next week, go to Hebrews 6. That's where we'll be next week. Um, I will tell you, you cannot get enough just getting 30 minutes a week. It's not enough. It's a good start, but it's not enough. Um, and I want to encourage you before this feels discouraging, um, that's what the Scripture's talking about. You can't just go day to day and not be, not be eating and, and, and taking in the Word of God. This has to be a daily thing, and we are supposed to be growing we are supposed to not stay where we are. We are supposed to be moving and moving in the right direction and getting up off the bench and into the game. And older Christians, you're supposed to be teaching. You're supposed to grow up and start teaching, not be taught your whole life. You're supposed to start teaching. You're supposed to start moving. We're supposed to start pouring into the body of Christ, not just always being poured into. Amen? We're going to see it right here. So I'm just kind of trying to warn you. And we at Church on the Hill, we want to be a part of this. This is the part, the part that the, the church body does is we come together and we grow together. And we're able to, for iron to sharpen iron and to be able to talk about ideas and are we growing and have truthful people around us that can speak into us. I mean, as Justin said, Pastor Justin said even in the uh, announcements, it's about relationship. And it's about godly relationships, and it's about spiritual relationships, and it's about growing in a relationship, your relationship to Christ and your relationship to the body. Amen? Okay, so let's dive in. Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 5, this is from the message, so it's going to read just a little bit different. Again, we're still talking about the high priest. We've, we've learned last week that uh, the new covenant... God has placed Jesus as the high priest in the order of Melchizedek. And we're going to talk about that just for a moment today. There is, it is so deep, this uh, order of Melchizedek. This is something that we could stay on for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, it's something that you need to be chewing on and need to be learning. But we're just going to touch the surface today. Every high priest is selected to represent men and women before God and offer sacrifices for their sins and offer sacrifices for their sins, should be able to deal gently. Let me start again. Every high priest selected to represent men and women before God and offer sacrifices for their sin should be able to deal gently with their failings since he knows what it is like from his own experience. But that also means that he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as the people's. What's he saying? He's saying that the high priest is someone just like you and me. And in order to qualify for being the high priest, he's got to be somebody that can relate to what you're going through. 
because this person has been through it. Did you catch that? Every high priest who is going to represent men and women before God and offer sacrifices for their sins should be able to deal gently with the people because he knows what it's like from their own experience. But that also means that he also has to offer, offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as the people's. Everyone except Jesus has sins. So this high priest not only has to offer up sacrifices for the people's sins, he has to offer up sacrifices for his own sins. Right? Okay. Again, this is showing us the qualifications and the activities of the high priest. He is a man that is supposed to be, he has to be of the same nature as those that he represents. Having the capacity to feel the same things as the people that he represents. And he is appointed to this position as a representative of men, representing men to God. Now hang in there with me. He offers both thanksgiving and propitiatory. It's a cool word. Am I saying it right? Yeah. Propitiatory sacrifices. You know what that is? That is offering sacrifices in order to win the favor of God for them. Offering sacrifices to regain the favor of God by doing something that pleases Him. This high priest's intercession is full of compassion since he himself is also subject to weakness. Therefore, he must offer sacrifices for himself as well as for the people. That's just a little summary of what we just read. Let's keep going. Verse 4 through 6. No one elects himself to this honored position. He is called to it by God as Aaron was. Neither did Christ presume to set himself up as high priest, but was set apart by the one who said to him, You're, the son, you're my son. Today I celebrate you. In another place, God declares, You're a priest forever in the royal order of Melchizedek. So, it is easy to just check out, but let me tell you, this is a scripture to check into. This is about to get exciting if, if you're alive. Those of you all that are alive out there, this should get exciting. Okay? Okay. Woohoo. Yay. Okay, Pastor, you said I should get excited. Um, this person, the high priest, is called to this place. They don't call themselves, they are called. I want you to know when you have your cell phone, you can't call yourself. You can try, but it won't work. I've tried. I get my voicemail. I can't call myself. This person has to be called. This position. And another expression that God uses in the call of Christ is in Psalm 110, verse 4. It reads almost identical, that thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, the father appointed him as priest of a higher order than that of Aaron. Immediately we see that Christ's position is over the Old Testament position. He has been called in the order of Melchizedek to a higher place than that of Aaron. That of Aaron was the Old Testament way of the children of God getting free of their sin. Right? Are you all with me? Okay. The priesthood of Aaron was intended to be temporary, 
the priesthood of Christ is perpetual, meaning it never ends or changes. The priesthood of Aaron was to be successive, descending from fathers to the children. The priesthood of Christ, after the order of Melchizedek, was to be personal. And the high priest, immortal to his office, without descent, and never, neither beginning of days nor end of life. And what that means is, the Old Testament position was that that priest would die. And it would have to be handed down to his sons, and to his sons, and to his sons. But the priesthood of Christ never ends. Meaning that when Christ paid the price, price for our sins, the price was paid once and for all. It's done. No longer do we have to keep killing bulls and goats. If this was still an Old Testament covenant, then Jesus could have been named the high priest of the Old Testament and we still be killing bulls and goats. But he changed that position, setting it higher than Aaron in the order of Melchizedek, never to end. And what we receive when we see this in, in Hebrews, that we have received a high priest that is not like the high priest of the Old Testament. We receive the high priest of the New Covenant, the high priest through personal relationship. How do we do that? Because we receive, because Christ has given us his spirit. We receive him personally. We receive Christ personally. I want you to imagine the Old Testament high priest. Imagine for a moment that we still lived in the Old Testament, and once a year we had to go see the high priest so that he could offer up our uh, sacrifices for our sins. How well do you think you would know that high priest? Not very well, right? I see 99% of y'all every single week, but I don't know you real, real well. Even in our life here today, relationship is hard unless you really get involved with each other. But if you can imagine, the Old, the Old Testament high priest was distant, only came in contact once a year. But this new covenant personal relationship is to be daily. I am to have a relationship with Christ daily. I am able to come into his presence and have discussion and him have discussion with me and him move in my life daily. Why? Because he is in me. My high priest goes everywhere I go. I am never found in such a dark place that I can't find repentance because my high priest is with me. He's with me everywhere I go. God the Father redid this position in a new way, and it's a personal way, so that when I find myself in trouble, I can be restored. Do you remember last week that God's promises are promises of today? Last week, Hebrews chapter 4 from the message shows us that His promises aren't just for yesterday. They are promises of today. His promises are for you today. Again, we sang this morning, He is the God of miracles. Today, you're coming in here needing a miracle. Well, I want you to know you're in a place that miracles happen because Christ is here. Christ is in me. Christ is in you. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the same Spirit that parted the waters uh, in Egypt, the same Spirit is here. And if by the smallest mustard seed of belief could occur, 
change is going to occur in your life. You remember last week we learned that it takes faith. Your faith. Say my faith. Your faith. When your faith kicks in, mountains move. These aren't just fun songs we sing. We sang again this morning about mountains crumble, mountains fall. You're facing a mountain that on your own you cannot uh, climb. You can't. You can't do it. You never were meant to do that by yourself. But when a seed of faith, a seed of belief in God occurs, not only do you not, do you, can you climb that mountain, the mountain falls. That challenge comes under the authority of Christ. Why? Because Christ is in me, and Christ has given me authority over that mountain. Have I lost you? I have the authority of Christ in me. I can speak to my mountain that stands in my way, be removed now and cast in the sea. Now, I can yell at a mountain all day long and nothing happened. But when I yell according to God's word with belief that he can move that mountain, I want you to know my mountains move. Can anyone, I'm not going to open the mic today, but can anyone testify to mountains moving? Is it just that one-time deal? Was it just that one mountain that God moved? No. It's every mountain. That scripture that says, I can say to the mountain, it's not one. It's not the one little genie you get three wishes type thing. It's every mountain that I face. I face with the Spirit of God. Because of this high priest and this order of Melchizedek, it is one and done. He paid the price for me. No longer does blood have to be shed. And that sacrifice goes with me everywhere I go. Restored. Forgiven. He has ready access. We learned last week he has ready access. And it says that Christ here is preferred to Aaron in the holiness of his person. Other priests were to offer up sacrifice for the sins of others and for themselves, but Christ does not need to offer up sins for himself because he had no sin. Neither was there any deceit in his mouth, Isaiah chapter 53 says. And it is that high priest that has come to us. The next scripture. While he lived on earth anticipating death, Jesus Christ cried out in pain and wept in sorrow as he offered up priestly prayers to God. Because he honored God, God answered him. Did you hear that? Because he honored God, God answered him. I want to back up, and I want to show you this scripture in uh, New King James. You may be more familiar with this, but in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up his prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his godly fear. He was heard because of his godly fear. Now, it says in scripture that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I think that we can easily get confused with that, but I believe that we can see here that even Jesus Christ had godly fear. Now, was he afraid of God? I don't believe that he was. 
I believe that what I want to say about godly fear here is that I believe that Jesus Christ knew the Word of God, He knew the ways of God, and He knew that when He applied those things, that God would do what He said He would do. And the opposite is true, that when God says when we get off track and when we follow the path of sin, that these things are going to occur, and I believe Jesus believed that, and He believed it enough to fear God, knowing that he would be faithful to what he did, and he honored God by living a life that was according to God's word and to God's plan. That is what godly fear is. I think that there is a healthy fear with, between a child and a parent, knowing that if they don't do things, if they are disobedient, go the wrong way, and us as parents follow up godly in a godly way, it helps to keep those kids going in the right direction. They're not sitting there thinking about a spanking. They're just realizing that if I don't line up with the way Dad has asked me to do this, there's going to be a repercussion to this, and I don't want that. I want to go down the right, right route. That is a true godly fear. God never, Jesus never sinned, so he never had to experience the wrath of sin except he experienced the full wrath of sin at the cross for us. Like last week, something's happening again, and I want you to pay attention to it. The Spirit of God is trying to get to your root. He is trying with everything that He has. He's already given everything for you, but here He is yet today trying to reach you, knowing that what you're going through is not God's plan for you. Again, I'm going to back up and probably get a little weepy again. What happened with us and our family, with my, me losing my sister last week, I don't believe was God's plan. Is God still with us? Yes. Did the throne get shaken? No. But we are all on the verge of, of stepping off a dumb cliff. And God paid everything for you, not just for your salvation, but for your life now. He came to bring you life. He didn't just come to save you. He came to give you life. And it's time to wake up and receive this high priest within you and talk to him daily. I want you to know I have thoughts. I have things that need to come under the submission of Christ and his word. Because they don't line up with him. And I need him to cleanse me of those thoughts regularly. Daily is not enough. Daily makes it sound like it just happens once a day. It doesn't. The Spirit of God has given me the authority over my thoughts. Do you know that the battle that you're having right now is a battle that's in your mind? And Jesus Christ has given me the authority over my mind. Not only has he given me the authority over my mind, he's given me his mind. Do you all know that? That may be foreign to you. I have the mind of Christ. Unfortunately, my natural mind is fighting it. Do you remember last week we talked about how it is the Word of God that divides 
between the spirit and the soul. That line between my thoughts and godly thoughts, the only thing that can break through that line is the Word of God. Without the Word of God, I think my thoughts are the right thoughts. It is not until the Word of God comes that I can recognize my thoughts are off. That only comes by the Word of God. We see here that Jesus cried out in pain, knowing his death was coming. He was human just like us. And to be honest with you, Jesus wanted to get out of it. I don't want to go to the cross, but your will be done. I can see where this is going, and it's going to hurt. But God, I honor you. I fear you. I trust you to continue walking. That's what Jesus did for you so that you wouldn't have to. He took on the full wrath of God. He took on the full sin. He took on all sin. Paid the full price for you so you wouldn't have to. That's what I receive. That's what I get. When the true word of God, the fear of God comes into me, I develop a healthy fear of God that says, what God says will happen, and I believe it to a point that I follow it. Let's continue on, verse 7. Though he was God's son, he learned trusting obedience by what he suffered, just as we do. Then having arrived at the full stature of his maturity and having been announced by God as high priest in the order of Melchizedek, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who believingly obeyed him. He became the source of eternal salvation. The Old Testament sacrifice was removed and the New Testament sacrifice was replaced with it because Jesus became the source of eternal salvation for all who obeyed him. Jesus perfectly fulfilled the requirements of the priesthood, the high priesthood. He was appointed by God. He experienced genuine humanity. He made a sacrifice for sin once and for all when he offered up himself. Verse 11. I have a lot more to say about this, but it's hard to get it across to you. Now here we are. Oops. Uh, Liz, is it locked up? Did it? We may be crashing. If you got your Bibles out, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. This is from the message. Oh, cool. The whole computer. Nice. They're okay. It's reloading. Do you have it? Say yes if you have it. All right. It's funny that this is when it would happen, because this is when it's about to get real. I have a lot more to say about this, but it's hard to get it across to you since you've picked up this bad habit of not listening. Everybody stop just for a second. This is not, you, this is not me, your pastor, saying this to you. This is the Word of God saying this to you. This is the word of God saying this to me. 
Now, now we are going back to, to chapters 1, 2, and 3 where it says, don't drift away, hold on, keep a tight grip. The author of Hebrews has gotten incredibly deep showing us who Jesus is and what he has done for us and who he is in us. He is our high priest making intercession for us. He has poured his blood out for you. The blood that was shed for, the salvation, for your salvation and for your sin has been poured out for you. Now, all of a sudden, we've just received this great message about who our high priest is. Personal, in us, with us, everywhere we go, everywhere we go, has been where we've been, has gone through what we've gone through. He is the one that is with us. Now, it is coming back and saying, wake back up. Wake up. I want to talk more about this, but it's hard because you've picked up a bad habit of not listening. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how long you've been saved. Please apply this to yourself in that have we slipped a little bit? By this time, you ought to be teachers yourself. Yet, here I find you need someone to sit down with you. Can you go to the next scripture? And Okay, I'm going to go back. And go over the basics of God again, starting from square one. Baby's milk. When you should have been on solid food long ago. I'm getting loud. It sounds like I'm yelling at you. I'm not yelling at you. But I do kind of like getting into what's being said here because I feel like if someone were texting this, I think now it would be in all caps. Right? All the other stuff was information to build you up and to... to, uh, uh, set you up for success to receive the high priest, but now here comes the all caps. I want to keep talking, but you've got a bad habit of not listening. You should be teaching, but yet here you sit, still in terrible need. You're drinking baby's milk when you should be eating solid food. Milk is for beginners, inexperienced in God's ways. Solid food is for the mature who have some practice in telling right from wrong. Bad habit of not listening. Not just hearers, but doers. But not even that, not even hearing. Having to go back to the basics when we should be up and running. It's time to grow, church. It's time to grow you. Sitting on the sidelines is not your call from God. Your sidelines is to get filled up get knowledge, get some experience in walking, and get to work. It's time to get to work, you and me. The next chapter 6 starts talking about the main points that he's talking about that moves us from being on milk to solid food. That's what's going to come next week. A charge that I have as your pastor is on Wednesday nights, we're going to start some small groups that are going to be topical, that are going to be talking about topics. And even though we're going to be picking a couple topics that some people have already shared, uh, expressed what they want to learn, we're also going to include the main topics that are here in Hebrews chapter 6. Because I can't preach this and us not help walk through it. 
I can't be a product of just talking about it and then us not doing it. So Wednesday nights, I want to encourage you to come out and eat with us. If you don't want to eat, then come out and be in a small group, and let's get off of milk. Now, I do want to say milk's good for you. We drink eight gallons of milk a week. Do the math. We have three refrigerators. Our uh, footprint, carbon footprint's not good when it comes to refrigerators. Milk has its uses, but I can't live on milk. You've been trying to live on milk, and it doesn't work. Grow with us. Not only that, I need you to help teach. I need you to get up and get moving and start help teaching. We need godly leaders, and it's you. It's you. Man, I'm the farthest thing from a godly leader. Right, that's what Hebrews 5 just said. That's right. But don't stay there. Pastor, I'm the farthest one. Good. Start growing. Let's go. Let's make a change. Let's start growing together. I need you. The kingdom of God needs you to further his kingdom in this city. We can change the world in this church, but we can't staying on milk. And church, we're not the only one. The Word of God, Hebrews chapter 5, is saying this to the entire church for years, and he's still saying it. Let's grow together. Amen? Amen. Y'all, uh, let's see, what do I do? Y'all stay there. I'm going to pray. I have to think about what I'm doing. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to awake, just to awaken our spirit. I just ask you, Holy Spirit, to awaken us. Lord God, you have created us to hear your voice, and I just ask you, Lord, right now, even though after my message, that what's been, been said will have been heard, that your word will have been heard today. And your word tells us that your word will not re return void, but it will accomplish what it was set forth to do. In Jesus' name, as the pastor, as you have called me here to this place, I just speak that into the hearts and into the spirits of those that are here today. We receive the high priest we receive you, Jesus, as our high priest. And Lord, just ask you to forgive us of our sins. That you go to the Father for us, shedding your blood, making atonement for us. Forgive us, Lord. Would you just take a moment and come clean before the Lord? We have the high priest right here with us. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do that. It says in Scripture that all that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Would you call on him? That if you believe in your heart, believe in your heart. 
you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus, I believe. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord of my life. And I believe in my heart that you died on the cross for my sins. But Jesus, you didn't stay there in the grave. You are alive. Father God, you brought him. You, the Spirit of God, brought him back to life. Overcoming death. Overcoming sin. To bring life to me, to you, and a life more abundant. Just want to encourage you right now to make a commitment to getting off of milk and onto solid food. Father God, help us as a church. Help us with leadership. Help us as we try to grow um, in these areas that you are telling us to grow in. Let us grow together. In Jesus' name, amen.